Hello, Clash fans, and welcome to episode 23 of Inside Clash. It is called The End of 23. I am, of course, always your legendary host, Trample Damage. If you are wondering why I'm calling this The End of 23, it is because this is the final episode I will ever record of Inside Clash, and I'm also going to quit making content, but I wanted to go out with a bang. I am just kidding, of course. If you found yourself oddly excited about the prospect, you should stop listening to my podcast and unfollow me on all social media. I am never going to stop talking. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about all the cool big stuff that just happened here in the end of 2023. Last episode, we did walk through some of the cool stuff to do with Town Hall 16. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the equipment, the special track of event that we have for the month of December, where we are able to get a lot more ore to help upgrade all of our cool new equipment. We'll talk a bit more about the equipment and the priority upgrades and epic equipment before we wind up filling your brains with too much information from trample damage and then hitting inside inside the numbers where we talk about the limiting reagent that will be present in most ore upgrades that you need to make as you are upgrading your equipment. We're going to talk through the ratio of ore that you can be finding on a regular basis through your daily star bonus and how that stacks up against the amount of ore needed as you make upgrades to both the common and epic equipment pieces. Then we will wrap up with our final dose of 2023 with some questions from the audience. I'm following my roots. It's in my bloodstream. Your defenses need to watch out. We're coming to take them down now. We will tear down every wall and then knock over the town hall as we proceed to lead the troops. You'll think your layout is an oops. I'm following my roots, right to a three star Feel our power, you will cower by the hour We'll ride you down to a three star So the big question on everybody's mind right now is Which piece of equipment do I upgrade? And it is not an easy question to answer, so we will try and take it in some bite-sized pieces. I want to start out by saying this is a very different conversation than we would be having years from now when people have been playing for a long time and they've got a lot of equipment upgraded and we just get new equipment added periodically. And of course, just like when a new troop is introduced or a new pet is introduced, we pile all of our resources into upgrading that. That's kind of what'll happen once we get all of this stuff sort of upgraded for ourselves in future updates. But today is kind of different because we got all of the equipment all at the same time. And while some of the common equipment did come with some elevated levels based on our hero progression in the past, we have a lot of other pieces of equipment that are going to be starting from level one, namely the vamp stash, the earthquake boots, the giant arrow, the healer puppet, the healing gem, and the rage gem, or healing tome, rather, healing aura and the rage gem. So all of those have to start from level one. Months from now, presumably, a lot of us will have those things fully upgraded, and when a new piece of equipment comes along, it'll be obvious what we focus on, because it'll be the only one we need to upgrade, just like the only troop, or only spell, or only hero, or only defense defenses. But this is kind of new because the analogy that I've been using for this is imagine if today we had no dark barracks and then suddenly we did and we had level one of all the troops. And I've been telling people all of the different pieces of equipment have their own special abilities and niches where they will fit comfortably into attacks. So don't be too worried about the fact that eventually you will have to have them all upgraded, but rather think about the ones that you think will benefit your attack style currently 
and focus on upgrading those until they are maxed. The reason I say that, of course, is because much like if we suddenly at Town Hall 16 got the Dark Barracks with all of our Dark Troops at level 1, upgrading my Golem to level 5 isn't going to let me use it in legitimate attacks for Town Hall 16. Upgrading my Witches to level 2 isn't going to make them suddenly viable. And in the same way, upgrading all of your equipment one or two levels at a time and you know upgrading them all individually, you're not actually going to have an ability that is comparable to or better than the base abilities that you've known and loved on your heroes for quite some time. So my general advice to people is backing any of these horses is not necessarily a bad thing. And think of it in the same way that you would think about if you did suddenly today get new dark barracks and you had to pick troops to upgrade, you could be perfectly justified in ignoring all of your troops except for the witch as you upgrade the witch. You could be perfectly justified in ignoring all of your troops except the hog rider as you are upgrading the hog riders, because just like the hog rider, the witch is very powerful and is something that you can use to great success across a variety of attacks, not to mention the benefit, of course, that you also get on the Super Witch, but equipment kind of works the same way. Each of them will have a great use and a great function, just like each of our troops have a great use and a great function. So don't stress yourself out too much about the fact that, oh, Johnny's got his giant arrow juiced up and he's making cool attacks with his giant arrow. That's okay. Let Johnny make cool attacks with a giant arrow for now. And you can be cool because your barbarian king walking around the outside lasts for eternity because he's got a max level vamp stash that has been attached to him. Don't stress too much about which one to upgrade, but just focus on one at a time because that's where you're really going to wind up getting a benefit and some bang for your buck where by the time you're getting your common equipment up to level... Ooh, I'm talking about from a Town Hall 16 perspective. You get your common equipment up, your vamp stash or your earthquake boots up to level 13, 14 or so, you're going to be able to legitimately swap that out for one of the other base pieces of common equipment that are already on your hero. Some of my clanmates are just starting with the base pieces of equipment that are common that ported over at level 15, and they're upgrading those to level 18 before they move on to something else because there is added value to be had, particularly in something like the Grand Warden's Eternal Tome or the Archer Queen's Invisibility Spell. So just don't stress yourself out too much. Though This is a long road, and there's going to be a lot of ore that we're going to be collecting over the course of the next year and you know, beyond. So just make sure to pace yourself and focus on one or two abilities at a time and everything is going to work out just fine. Of course, you might be halfway through working on upgrading one that you think is going to be the best thing for you when you suddenly find out there's some other cool new thing that just came out and you'll want to suddenly focus on that one. I'm going to tell you, people are going to constantly come up with cool and flashy ideas that will be shared on YouTube and on Twitch and on streams and in war attacks, and it's okay. Eventually, you'll have it maxed out and you'll be able to use it. Just pace yourself, have fun, and enjoy the ride. I am a little bit nervous about the notion of people wanting to sort of just stockpile their ore and wait to see what's good because the meta is always shifting and changing and what's good today might be less good tomorrow as base builders start to design around whatever the optimum equipment is. So find equipment that you enjoy that you think is fun for your army that supports your composition right now that is your favorite composition and focus on those and just relax and enjoy the game and you will continue to have fun much like you are doing hopefully today otherwise I don't know why you're listening to my podcast.
I am a little bit concerned. I'm going to do a slight digression here. I'm a little bit concerned about how much chatter I've seen in the community that goes something like this. Why even bother upgrading heroes anymore? Because I really only use them for war, and I sneaky goblin farm anyway when I'm trying to get resources. So now my hero potion that takes my heroes to max makes my hero max for war, and my abilities on the equipment is what really drives the power of the hero, so shouldn't I just stop upgrading my heroes? And I have been having this as a conversation with a couple of folks on on the supercell side to just express the concerns that honestly are going to need to be addressed at some point. We either have to have like a, I've said that there's like a carrot and a stick approach to this. We could have the carrot of, well, you know, the upgrade times and, and costs are lower for heroes, even more so than what we just did with the Town Hall 16 update. Or perhaps we consolidate a couple of hero upgrades into one, make it more expensive, make it a two-week upgrade, and then, you know, the Book of Heroes price can go up. I don't know. There are options that we do have to give a carrot there to make it less onerous, because I've seen so many posts of people saying things like, I'm supposed to spend over 200,000 Dark Elixir to get an extra tiny little bit of damage per second, an extra few hit points and all it's going to do is make my hero actually take longer to upgrade, I mean, longer to recover after their attack. And, you know, they're valid arguments, and even though Supercell is a business and they're trying to make sure that they are providing bottom-line return for all of their interested parties, it is a tricky situation for us to talk about now that the upgrading of heroes has been somewhat decoupled from the strength and the growth of all of their abilities. So much of it is now on the equipment side because it also affects their base stats, their damage per second, their their auto hero recovery, their recovery when you use their ability. All, it's just put so much more focus on the equipment that people are starting to argue that they don't see value in upgrading their heroes in the same way that they saw upgrading them in the past. I don't know what the correct answer is, but I do know that it is a situation that we're going to have to encounter some kind of solution to in the future, whether that becomes a potion that allows us to use heroes when they're down, or something where every other hero level needs to be, you know, where the hero is down for a week. or Something that just has to change to make sure that people want to stay engaged in upgrading their hero levels as they progress throughout the game. I know it's a big revenue generator for Supercell. It's also a massive bone of contention for a lot of people. So we'll leave that alone as its own little diatribe, and we will jump back over to the excitement of the December event, where we have, much like the Clash of Ween challenge, we have a track where we are collecting a resource, this time it is Sweet Elixir, to get cookie medals that we can eventually exchange for, much like in the Clash of Ween event, a cool skin, this would be the Gingerbread King skin, or a bunch of other cool magic items in the game, be that hero books, books of building, or... Or, yes, that's right, O-R dot 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 O-R-E exclamation point. We can use the cookie medals to give ourselves more ore to help jumpstart the upgrading of our cool equipment. There is a catch to this. For 3,100 cookie medals, we have the first released piece of epic equipment, which is the giant gauntlet available for the Barbarian King. I think we touched on this in the last episode, but the level to which you can upgrade your giant gauntlet will be determined by the level of the blacksmith, which is, of course, determined by the level of your town hall. So while common equipment can go up to level 18, the epic equipment looks like it's going to be able to go to level 27, 
but it is capped based on your town hall. For example, town hall 14, you can only get your epic equipment up to level 21. So to really be cashing in on the incredible upside of these epic equipment abilities, you will wind up needing to be at a town hall 16 with a level 9 blacksmith. So even though upgrading your blacksmith to level 7, 8, and 9 at town hall 16 will not unlock new abilities, it will limit your ability to upgrade the epic equipment. So if you're like me and you thought, this is cool, I'll just go ahead and leave my blacksmith at level 6 for now. If you happen to have a ton of ore and you're trying to upgrade your epic gauntlet to something higher than you can accommodate at a level 6 blacksmith, you will wind up needing to upgrade your blacksmith fully in order to let your epic hero equipment go all the way to level 27. So there is a trade-off there talked about this a little bit before, but this is where people start to express concerns over the notion of Clash of Clans potentially becoming or wandering down a road of pay to win. Right now, everybody, free to play, you can go and participate in the event, and you can collect enough sweet elixir to get enough cookie medals to allow you to purchase the giant gauntlet without spending any money on the game, and you will still have access to the amazing epic equipment, which is a good thing. It's a little bit tough for people like me with 20,000 accounts to try and... I'm not going to grind enough sweet elixir to be able to get cookie medals to be able to get the epic equipment on all of my accounts, so I just already know I'm sacrificing quite a few accounts that will not have the giant gauntlet. So we'll come back to that in a moment in terms of like the balance of it, but I am going to have to be making some tough decisions. I would recommend though, because in the future, Supercell has already said publicly, the Epic equipment will eventually be in the shop, in the trader for gems, not cash for gems, which I know what you're saying, but trample damage, I have to spend money to get gems. I mean, technically you don't. Between the gem mine and removing obstacles every day, and if you sell all the stuff that you get from clan capital, there are, you actually have an opportunity to rack up a decent amount of gems if you're not doing the one gem donation train like a lot of us do. There are opportunities you could still consider yourself a free-to-play player who uses the gems to eventually purchase the Epic Hero equipment. We just don't yet know what that price is going to be. Is it going to be 1,500 gems? Is it going to be 2,500 gems? Will it be 1,000 gems? We don't yet know, but I am eager to see what that number comes out to be whenever the Giant Gauntlet is moved into the shop. In the meantime, those of us that want to have access to the giant gauntlet, much in the same way that, like, if somebody told me, hey, you know, uh, I don't personally use Electro Dragons very often, but I'd like to be able to have them at my disposal in case cool new Electro Dragon meta is the way that I should be going. But if I missed an event and didn't have access to Electro Dragons, I'm still going to have tons of fun with all of my attacks that I'm making using Super Hog Riders and Root Riders and the dragon riders hey it's all riders root riders hog riders dragon riders apparently i have a thing for troops that ride other troops that maybe didn't come out the way that i meant it to but we'll go ahead and leave that in here because that's how we roll i am very excited about all the other army compositions i use even if i don't have access to electro dragons and that's okay but i'd still rather have the ability to use them in case i wanted to and that's kind of how i feel about the giant gauntlet it's a cool ability and it definitely has its place it shines very brightly when the barbarian king is intended to go in as a tank i've been doing some comparisons i put a couple of youtube videos together showing that really in a lot of ways some of these abilities don't necessarily make a massive differential so from that perspective i would say be you know don't be too nervous if you don't get a hold of the giant gauntlet or if you're worried about how long it's going to take to upgrade that thing as i test more and more especially for the 
Barbarian King, a lot of the abilities are very heavily interchangeable. Now, that is not the case, of course, with the Grand Warden or with the Archer Queen, where if I'm opening my attack with a giant arrow to snipe out an air sweeper and an air defense, obviously, uh, I mean, that's like, that's a very niche thing. I can't do that without the giant arrow. I can't just say, I'll use the Archer Queen's normal ability to basically kind of make that happen. But on the Barbarian King for the giant gauntlet, if you do wind up missing any piece of epic equipment, right now, this one doesn't look that terrifying to me because in all of my comparisons, it comes out to do very similar stuff because, yes, the damage reduction is really awesome, but when he's the only troop left alive because all the other damage has been wiping out the rest of the troops around him and a whole bunch of stuff is pointed at him and he's fighting an enemy hero, it's still a lot of damage and it reduces the amount of regeneration that he gets because he does have the tanking ability of the damage reduction, he doesn't get the same hit point recovery boost, so there are trade-offs there. That being said, I'm super excited to get it. I definitely want to pick it up, and I hope, honestly, that it does not necessarily turn out to be the case that the epic equipment is the absolute best and broken equipment, because at some point it will feel a little weird that a newer player doesn't have the opportunity to essentially be at the same level as us if they missed an event or somebody goes on vacation for a month and then they essentially wind up paying a tax for that look i get it it's a good business model it's an opportunity for supercell to make money it's an opportunity for creators to make money so you know use code trample if you're buying any gems to pick up the epic equipment that you wound up missing but i do see a lot of valid and fair arguments coming from the community that this could potentially be setting clash of clans down a dangerous road that is somewhat pay to win I will tell you, and this doesn't violate anything, the Supercell team does not, the Clash team specifically has said, look, we are we want the game to be healthy. We care about engagement because engagement is every bit as important as short-term revenue because the more heavily engaged people are, the more the player base can grow, the longer people like Trample Damage will wind up continuing to play and spending enough money to cover a whole bunch of other free-to-play players. So they do absolutely care about the trade-offs between retention and engagement versus making a quick buck. That being said, the December track has an opportunity for Supercell to make a quick buck. Use code TRAMPLE. I'm happy to make that quick buck as well. There is a lot of extra ore that you can pick up for the purchase price of $5. So cash out of pocket. So if you got the gold pass this month for 7 bucks, unless you live in Canada where my homie Kat, who is the host of the Pineapples and Thorns podcast, I think her gold passes are like $3,000 or something. So if you're paying for that plus the 5 bucks, and I don't know, maybe in Canada this is like $2,000, but for me, living here in the U.S., I'm at seven bucks on the gold pass, five bucks on the bonus track for the December event. I'm basically in for twelve bucks per account, so I don't think I'm gonna buy it on very many, just because. I mean, I have disposable income, but if I buy it, then I'm gonna feel like I have to complete it, and I don't necessarily want to put that kind of workload on myself. But I will tell you right now that the value that you get relative to the gem cost of having to acquire all of the ore that is available, the five dollars is absolutely one hundred percent definitely definitely worth it. So, you know, get it for your main account or maybe your main and your mini, but I don't think I would say to get it for like every account because I'm telling you, it is hard to get through the track on every single account. And if you're just doing daily star bonuses and you're participating in war, you'll eventually get enough ore to upgrade these things as we go anyway. 
So I'm super excited about the equipment. I'll be honest, I've been tinkering with the stuff a lot, and I'm going to continue trying to put out content on YouTube and TikTok showing people some tips and tricks for how to use some of the equipment as effectively as possible so that should you be one of the people that chose to go down the route of upgrading the Giant Arrow, I want to be able to put some ideas out there for you. And possibly I'll put some ideas out there for you that are use cases for the Giant Arrow that will make you feel motivated to try to max that Giant Arrow and have that as one of the pieces of equipment that you are using and enjoying to its fullest extent. I do love the events. I had a lot of fun with Clash of Ween. I did get a little burned out toward the end trying to do it on so many accounts, so I'm using that knowledge to pace myself with the December one because I don't want to feel overloaded. I've already been spending a lot of time with Clash of Clans because of the excitement of the Town Hall 16 upgrade or the update. And I do know that the Supercell team clearly has plans to do more of these events in the future. I certainly hope we don't get into a situation where we do two-week events back-to-back for the entire calendar year because that would start to feel a little bit like a burden to me. I don't know what the proper balance is in terms of doing this and having it be something that's exciting and creates a lot of engagement because it definitely did in October. All of us saw it. The bonus troops and the special medals and the all the resources that we were getting for free, it was very well received by the community. But I will say, you know, on a personal note, in the gaming industry, the company that I work for, in the past, we did used to run into situations where it's like we did some kind of event or promotion and it went really well. And then we're like, we need to do this every month. And what happens is in subsequent months, the guests were not quite as excited as they were the very first month that we did it. So there are some diminishing returns that are involved here. So I hope Supercell finds a way to properly balance the timing of these events so that, like I said, if we did them back to back every two weeks for the rest of forever, I would actually be kind of bummed out about that because it would start to feel like a job and it would freak me out. If they did it every two or three months, I would think that was pretty cool. Like a month where I grind a little bit more and then two months where I'm a little bit more casual and then a month where I grind a little more, that might be ideal for me. Maybe other people would like it to be every single month. I don't know that I'm in that boat, but I am curious to see how we try to balance this going forward, particularly if there is going to be a paid track to go along with each of the events that we do. However it shakes out for you, I am so excited about this update. I've been loving the equipment. It has expanded and broadened the game in a way that I honestly didn't think I would see for a very long time, if ever. And I'm just having an absolute blast, and I hope that you guys are as well, because it it's been really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's almost like I've been telling people, think of the pieces of equipment the same way you think of troops and spells. It is another component to the army, just like pets, especially with the addition of the spirit fox. I find myself now going into war attacks, swapping my pets around way more than I used to. Oh, this is an attack. I want the royal champion to have the spirit fox. This is an attack where I want the barbarian king to have a spirit fox. Here's an attack where I don't actually want anybody to have the spirit fox because I think the royal champion with Diggy is going to be what I need going down this, this row of defenses here where she's not going to encounter an enemy hero because that's actually the biggest difference between Diggy and the Spirit Fox that I've seen. The enemy royal champion coming up against my royal champion is so much more manageable when I have the Spirit Fox because suddenly my royal champion disappears and she keeps plugging away at the other enemy royal champion as it heads off to do something else. Whereas with Diggy, a lot of times, you know, like the enemy royal champion is fighting my royal champion and Diggy's trying to help out. But if my royal champion already took some damage and used her ability, I'm going down, especially if my royal champion runs into the enemy Barbarian King, which is just hit points incarnate, even at the reduced 
hit point level that they have now that the defensive heroes are not as strong as offensive heroes with the buffs that we get from the equipment. But I am loving how much I mix up the pets. I'm loving how much I'm interested in mixing up the equipment, even though most of them I don't, you know, I've got really, I'm maxing the vamp stash on most of my accounts. But I like the idea that in the future, I will wind up using the equipment. And I do this in the development box. So I, I have been switching the equipment around a lot for test attacks. But I'm really excited about the variability that we are introducing into the game because Town Hall 15 for me felt like I'm either using Sarge Blimps or Queen Charges or I suck. And even when I'm using those, most people suck anyway. And then Super Hogs came out and I felt like I had skill again, but it was really like that was the one attack that I felt a lot of success with. Town Hall 16, because of the new troops, the defensive nerfs, the equipment, the new pet, there's a lot of options. I'm really enjoying the game, and I feel like it is in a great place, and I'm really excited to see what comes heading into 2024. I plan on creating more YouTube content than I created in 2023. That's my own personal Clash-related goal. I am going to continue with my podcast because I have a lot of fun talking to myself in my mobile recording studio also known as my car. And I would like to tell you, if you don't currently listen to some of the other Clash podcasts that are out there, I mentioned earlier, Kat from the Pineapples and Thorns podcast, great podcast. Her and Fado wind up having a lot of really cool interviews. They recently had an interview with Judo Sloth, which was awesome. Uh, Reddit Talks Clash, primarily hosted by some of the uh, Reddit moderators, and they also put on a good show. A lot of the episodes are just them chatting through some of the cool topics that are up. Uh, Primary hosts on that, uh, my clanmate and homie, Congressman Cool Rick, uh, along with Spencer and Sam, who is recently a clan member in The Good Guys. Very happy to have him on board. They have great interaction with each other. They're funny guys. They also periodically wind up having cool hosts on there. They recently had Clash Bashing on there. Great podcast to listen to. C-Note, uh, somebody that I've known for quite a while in the game, has his own podcast, Clash Tours, where he visits other clans and talks through, he does wars with them, talks through some of their attacks, and then gives you his takes on the game. Very, very experienced Clasher with a great perspective. Uh, the Clash Wolves, uh, mostly, mostly lately, it's Clash Fan 9 and Big B, and they have, you know, they're 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 very relaxed and chill and laid back and i'm gonna say these are not guys who are trying to toe the line and you know suck up to supercell they're telling you their honest true feelings about the game wildly entertaining they wind up streaming and doing their podcast so there's a lot of great podcasts out there and it's it's just a good community. These are all lovely people. They've got Discord servers. They've got entertaining and engaging podcasts. So please check them out if you're interested in podcasts. You know, as a community, we all need to rise together and support one another. And, you know, the all the podcasts I mentioned, they're, you know, very supportive of one another. And so, you know, check them out. Uh, and, and use code TRAMPLE while you're checking them out because, of course, I do have my creator code. Okay, uh, we will move along from that to our newest segment, Too Much Information. <laughs> and my wife suggested that I take this segment out because she thinks I'm giving too much information. We will continue that with my fun fact of this episode. Uh, you might be familiar with a product called toilet paper. Most people use it when they are visiting the lavatory and conducting their personal business. There's also a product on the market that is, uh, I just always call them butt wipes. They are essentially, you know, like baby wipes, only for adults 
and they're supposed to be biodegradable or, uh, you know, like septic system safe. Uh, fun fact, I have butt wipes in my office at work. So whenever I need to use the restroom and I would be in need of my butt wipes, I grab two of them and I head to the bathroom with my butt wipes. And I mention this for two reasons. One, because I'm giving you too much information. And the second is to say, I strongly encourage all of you to be true to yourselves. I think about back in 2006, uh, one of the guys that I reported to, who was our VP of operations analysis at the time, uh, he said, he asked, he was asking if anybody had like ibuprofen or Tylenol. And I said, oh yeah, I have that. And he's like, well, of course you do. You bring butt wipes to work. And he said it in a way as to try and embarrass me in front of a group of a bunch of our analysts. And I said something along the lines of, hey, you know, it's, I'm not ashamed of anything about myself. I will happily share with anybody that I have butt wipes in my office. I actually prefer that than the sandpaper that we have in the bathroom right now that is probably leaving some, you know, bloody tears in your butt crack as you overwipe using sandpaper. So, you know, yeah, rotten hell if you're trying to make me feel bad about it because I embrace who I am. Pretty much in every facet of my life, that includes the entertainment that I find in the form of Clash of Clans, which I'm bringing you podcasts and TikToks and YouTubes and just good fun clashing and stuff stuff. I'm not embarrassed about anything. I I own all of who I am. And heading into 2024, I encourage all of you to own that as well. I'm not saying you shouldn't try to like, you know, stop smoking if you're a smoker and you want to quit smoking or if you like never get up and walk around and that's not good for your heart. If you want to encourage yourself to take a walk to improve your cardiovascular health, cool, do it. But don't be ashamed or embarrassed about the things that you uh, like to do or about who you are because honestly, uh, you know, I talked about this on an episode a while ago about us, you know, all being good enough and you know, you're good enough, you're awesome and don't be too hard on yourself. So yes, I use butt wipes and I have them in all my bathrooms at home and I have them in my office so that I can use them at work. The other two things that we've been covering lately in Too Much Information, uh, on my radio, I've been listening to a lot of the Gin Blossoms lately. Uh, It's an older band from the early to mid-90s when they first started producing a lot of their music, and I have been a big Gin Blossoms fan since I heard their very first album, and I have been a fan ever since. I recently started listening to a lot of their earlier music, and my wife and I were remembering when we went and saw them in concert with the Spin Doctors at the Mandalay Bay Hotel and Casino in the Las Vegas Valley. They were playing out at the pool there. It was a super cool show. The Gin Blossoms opened for the Spin Doctors and they did. They played for like an hour and a half. They played all their best songs. They played so much good music. It was a ton of fun. If you've never listened to the Gin Blossoms before, it's kind of like more of a pop rock-ish type of thing. Great lyrics, great music. I strongly recommend that you listen to that. So that's on my radio and off my bookshelf, I am about to finish the second book of the Dave Abad trilogy. I read a lot of different types of stuff. I read classical fiction. I read modern fiction. I read romance. Yes, I do. I read love stories. I like love stories. Um, I read a lot of science fiction and I read a lot of fantasy. I read more fantasy than anything else. And the series that I'm, it's the second book of the Devabad trilogy by S.A. Chakraborty. I don't know how to pronounce her name correctly. My apologies to her if I mispronounced it. And she happens to listen to my podcast. I'm enjoying your book. It is a fantasy series that is set in a mythical world that is sort of nested inside of ours, but it is in a world of ifrits, and it's the main character is from Cairo in the first book, and she gets pulled into the world of jinn, and there are these different uh, tribes. There's like, you know, the fire devas and the, the wind elementals, and it's a really cool and exciting book, and it is building toward a really cool climax in book two, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. As you know from listening to my podcast, I'm an avid reader. I love reading. Reading is one of my jam- and I'm always going to keep up with it. 
Okay, let's move on to our let's go inside the numbers. One of the things that I have been thinking a lot about recently is the ratio of the glowy ore to starry ore or shiny ore to glowy ore. And I, I put together a chart. I will, of course, put this on my Discord server. I will start with the common equipment. If you wanted to max a piece of common equipment, say the giant arrow starting at level 1 all the way to level 18, it would cost you 27,260 shiny or it would also cost you 1920 glowy or that is a ratio of 14.2 to 1 so for every one glowy or you are expected to spend you are expected to spend 14.2 shiny or if we look at the same exact thing for the epic hero equipment, by the time you max it fully, you will have spent 56,060 shiny ore, you will have spent 3,720 glowy ore, and you will have spent 480 starry ore. Now that is a ratio of 15 glowy ore, sorry, 15 shiny ore per glowy ore, which is close to the 14.2 for the common equipment. And the glowy as a function of starry, you're at a basically 7.75 to 1 ratio there. Here's why that's important. I had somebody recently ask me, Duck, one of my clanmates in The Good Guys, said, hey, how should I actually be going about spending like on this Christmas event thing? What ore should I potentially focus on buying? And I said, I, anecdotally, I feel like my limiting reagent is the glowy ore as I am trying to upgrade. I feel like I'm missing glowy ore relative to the shiny ore. And here's the here's the the proof, so to speak. In Legend League, your daily star bonus will give you 1,000 shiny ore. It will also give you 54 glowy ore. That means you are getting shiny ore in Legend League, 1,000 divided by 54 at a rate of 18.5 to one. So if I were to say, look, you know, the number of days that it takes me to gather up enough glowy ore, I'm sorry, enough shiny ore to upgrade a piece of common equipment from level one to max, I need 27,260. And if I'm in Legend League getting 1,000 a day, that is roughly 27 days where I would wind up having to accumulate my shiny ore in order to be able to upgrade my common equipment. On the glowy ore side, I need 1,920. And if I say 1,920 divided by the 54 glowy ore that I would be getting per day, it's going to take me 35 days, not 27 and change, but 35 days to get enough glowy ore to be able to upgrade a piece of equipment from level 1 to max. So what that basically means is right now between the glowy ore and the shiny ore, the glowy ore is more of the limiting reagent. So I'm not going to spend any of my cookie metals personally buying shiny ore. I will spend my cookie metals focused on the glowy ore and then probably starry ore and then behind that I would spend some on the shiny ore. So my priority personally is going to be glowy because I am I have a lot more common equipment that I'm upgrading than I am upgrading epic equipment. So I'm going to focus on the glowy since I'm going to gather that at a slower pace than my shiny ore and then I'm going to wind up getting shiny just, I mean, starry, just because it is a little bit more of a rare resource. And if I do have cookie metals left over, I will pick up some of the shiny ore. So I hope that is something that is useful to you in your epic journey upgrading your equipment or your common journey upgrading your equipment. And you can find that on my Discord server, hopefully already. By the time you're listening to this, you can pop over there and there is a channel in there where I do wind up posting these. 
We will move on from... We will come outside the numbers and finish up the episode with our... Questions from the audience! We're going to be starting with a question from Frederic. How do you hold your iPad while playing Clash of Clans? I normally have it sitting on the counter in front of me, and I'll play on my desk, like, you know, or if I'm, if I, you know, at work, yes, I've played Clash of Clans at work, I just have it sitting flat on the desk in front of me, and I play with both hands, so I will, you know, use my right hand and my left hand to select troops, I am more likely to use my thumb on my right hand or my index finger on my left hand to select my troops. I am more likely to use my index finger and thumb on my right hand to zoom in and out, and I usually place more of my troops with my right hand, but I involve both hands so that I can often select and place troops a little bit more quickly. When I am playing in bed, I have a case that I just fold over and make it flat, and I prop it up on my lap, and I sit with my back up against the headboard, and I prop my... My knees are normally up at an angle, my iPad propped in there, and that is how I sit with my iPad. Our second question is coming to us from Fuzzy Beaver Nuts. Do you notice a difference in the success rate of attacks when playing on a phone versus a tablet? The answer to that is unequivocally yes. I notice I am a much better attacker when I am playing on my iPad. I love the precision that is involved in the placement of some stuff that is more easy to facilitate on an iPad. So this is primarily for stuff like a Zapquake type of attack. I do notice that that is something that is much more precise when I'm using it on my iPad. I also like to be able to place troops often with multiple fingers at the same time, and there's more space to do that on my iPad than there is on my iPhone. So yes, I have noticed this. I'll tell people, oh no, I have to make my war attacks from my iPhone. And what that usually means is I can shave off 10 or 15 percent of my damage that I might otherwise wind up dealing for a lot of bases, and my three-star rate is definitely lower on my iPad than it is on my iPhone. Our next question is coming to us from C-Note. Why does Trample Damage hate witches? So months ago, I was uh, a couple months ago, I was a guest on C-Note's podcast, Clash Tours, and we talked for a very long time. C-Note and I have a lot in common. We had a really good time chatting, and we were joking about a couple things, and in the process of that, one of the things we had commented on was like how much C-Note likes witches, and he you know, was recognizing that at Town Hall 9, I was talking about how much I like hog riders, I don't really use witches that much, and he's like, why do you hate witches, Trample Damage? Because that's exactly what you know, it sounds like I don't hate witches. I actually love witches. And I really like witches at Town Hall 16 because the new level of witches that are available allows us to get a fifth skeleton with the witch, which is so useful. I know it sounds like it's one more skeleton, but it's not like one more bat when we go from 20 to 21. One more skeleton is a 25% increase. And in a game where most upgrades wind up giving you between 3 and 7% on heroes, mostly toward later game, 2 or 3%, and troop upgrades in terms of hit points and damage per second are limited to like 7 to 10%, getting 25% more skeletons actually is a big deal. So I'm really excited about witches. Uh, a follow-up question from Duck, my, my co-leader in The Good Guys. Does Trample Damage have a spreadsheet regarding his hate for witches? And I will say no, I do not have a spreadsheet regarding my hate for witches, but I do a lot of Clash-related stuff in spreadsheets, including all of my inside the numbers stuff that I wind up doing. I have saved all of those spreadsheets and they're sitting on my uh, my work computer actually. They're in my H drive, which is just a, it's a drive that's like my own personal drive on my uh, network. 
I have all the stuff saved in there. I save Clan War League rosters and rotation schedules for Clan War League. Uh, before learning how to use some of the cool bots that are available, I used to keep track of stuff like the number of stars or missed attacks or number of people who got more than our 1,200-point minimum in Clan games. So I, I love spreadsheets. And uh, if I did hate witches passionately, I absolutely would have a spreadsheet for how much I hate witches. But uh, I don't just because I do actually like witches quite a bit. They are a they are a fantastic troop that I am very fond of. And I don't use Super Witches enough because they are really cool. I do need to get around to Town Hall 16 Super Witch testing and see if it's any good and see if they're awesome because it might be that's really cool new meta that we should be focusing on. Ooh, actually, that'd be pretty solid behind a Root Rider. Root Rider, open up some walls, get the Super Witch and the big boy heading in there. That could actually be pretty cool. Uh, our last question today for inside class or for the questions from the audience is coming from Utah King. Do you think Supercell will ever introduce a fifth hero, or at some point, is it too much? So anything's possible, right? If Supercell starts struggling financially and they need some cool new flashy big update, then it's possible we would wind up having a new hero at some point. But I think particularly with the introduction of the hero equipment, the likelihood of us encountering a fifth hero anytime soon is dramatically reduced relative to what I would have expected in the past. And I'll say very simply... If Supercell wanted, they could almost fundamentally change the nature of our heroes by introducing new equipment. So if you said like, oh, it'd be really cool if we had a hero that was like a god, because I remember hearing people talk about a goblin king. Back when we had the Barbarian King and the Archer Queen and the Grand Warden was wizard-esque, they were, oh, a goblin king. You could very well put a piece of equipment out there that turns the Barbarian King into something that focuses on resource buildings. So then you could use him to dive the town hall or to go for resource buildings on the outside. Like you could completely overhaul the landscape of a hero by putting a different piece of equipment. If you wanted to have a royal champion that flies and doesn't target defenses, there's a new piece of equipment and it makes it to where her favorite target is any and she flies. I don't know. There's so many. I mean, you could literally turn the four heroes we have into anything you wanted simply by introducing new equipment. So because of that, plus the fact that, you know, at a certain point it is a lot to manage, I don't think that we'll be seeing a new hero anytime soon. And I fear that if we did introduce a new hero, that would actually be a very bad thing because I think that would be like Supercell scraping the bottom of the barrel, knowing that they have hero equipment that could accomplish the same thing. Introducing a fifth hero would probably make me nervous about the long-term success and, uh, you know, future of Clash of Clans and its lifespan. Maybe it's going to be getting a little shorter than we expected, and I'm hoping that it hangs around for a while because... I love the game and I like recording my podcast. I will say thank you so much for all the support in 2023. I look forward to hopefully still earning. And I use the word earning very seriously. I need to continue to earn your support. It's a lot of work to go in and hit that C button every single week and type in trample to be able to give me credit for any of the purchases you make in game. And I appreciate that. But I have to continue earning that by putting out good quality product, being friendly and useful and personable and funny, hopefully, and I look forward to continuing to bring that, and I just want to say thank you again to everybody who, you know, whether it's helping out with running one of the clans that I started, because I, you know, I basically gave away all my clans to people that I trust, and hopefully they won't, you know, tell me to rot in hell and run off with the clan and never see it again, but they, you know, it, it set things in motion and they roll out there. Big thanks to all the people that are 
are my my co-leaders and the good guys, my clanmates and all the good guys' clans, everybody who follows me on social media, listens to my podcast, helps out in my Discord server. 2023 has been a fun year for content creation for me. It was the first year of my podcast, and I look forward to having opportunities to bring more of them to you guys in the future. I do strongly recommend, just to keep me having cannon fodder, please go on my Discord server. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on future episodes, put them in the questions for the audience portion of the Discord server because it'll give me more stuff to talk about and sometimes even ideas, whole ideas around which I might be able to shape an episode. Once again, really appreciate all the love and support. And until next time, keep clashing and we will catch you on the next episode.